podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show we're going to be doing a target novelization and we have selected the five doctors and the reason we've selected the five doctors it's a celebration of doctor who story because we're kind of celebrating this is our 200th episode of the podcast yeah. hooray <laughs> Okay, let's move on from that then. So- <laughs> the bunting has come down already. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said that, it just sort of fell down from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've been keeping count now. This, this is actually our 200th episode. Well, it's not strictly our 200th episode. This is actually our 207th episode. Um, there's actually been a few sort of like unofficial quick episodes put out in between. They're, they're not sort of like a, a classed as canon, are they really? No. No, it's like one's, one ones where... I'll be doing game reviews where you haven't you haven't been present, so uh, they, they're sort of... I, 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 I don't consider them official merchandise. No, exactly. <laughs> it's a cheap knockoff tat, basically. So. <laughs> anyway. oh, they, they fall apart after you've had them two hours. Yes, indeed, indeed. Well, they do actually, <laughs> as opposed as opposed to the ones we do together. Yeah. Exactly, the, the longevity <laughs> of the normal episodes. <laughs> they fall apart twenty minutes in. <laughs> Anyway, that moves quickly on. Let's do some news. Now, um, as you know, we've been away for a, uh, a sort of couple of weeks, haven't we? And uh, well, we didn't really do much news when we were here last with our commentary episodes, did we? No, mainly because there wasn't. There wasn't any. No, there wasn't. It was, it was, it was terrible. Um, and surprise, surprise, there's not really that much news, but there's been a couple of interesting things happening. Um, but first off, since we've been away, um, Peter Capaldi surprised fans at the Doctor Who experience. Um, now this is old news to everybody at the moment, but I think it's worth sort of discussing. Have you seen it, Paul? I have. Yes, even with my internet connection at the moment, I have managed to see it. Buffered a few times. Buffered a few times. <laughs> managed to see. It. So we're actually recording this over over a fifty six k dial up modem, aren't we? <laughs> um, I thought it was. It's actually a pigeon is speaking. My car, <laughs> a podcast done purely in Aldis lamp. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought he was um, brilliant. The way he sort of did it in character all the way through, yeah, was marvelous. Um, and what I liked was the the Q and A he did in character as well, and especially when he's sort of talking about um, Susan, yeah, where he regretted not going back to see her, and he sort of got upset and sort of tried to move quickly on to start talking about Clara. And I thought, I mean, what a surprise for the for the kids that were there. Yeah, it was actually when he was also talking about, you know, you can if you look very carefully, you can all see a bit of their face when he's talking about the previous doctors. Yeah, you'll see a bit of their face in mine, and the kid sitting next to him leans right. He does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's absolutely fantastic! It's absolutely fantastic. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, what a brilliant thing to do! You know, it's sort of not many other actors have sort of done that sort of thing, and it no. just it really has taken the role on board, doesn't he? No, you just get the feeling he's just enjoying it. Now. Exactly, exactly. He's, he's doing everything with the role that he wished had happened to him when he was a kid, isn't he? I think <laughs> so, definitely. When he was uh, vying for the presidency of the Doctor Who Appreciation Society, whatever the hell yeah. he was. <laughs> um, well, I think it's sort of surprising, though. His hair's getting very Pertwee-esque, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that, that sort of happens as the series goes on, though, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't happened for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
complete reverse, actually. I just don't think you're trying, really. <laughs> no, believe me. <laughs> right, okay. Now, there was been also what's been about, there's been some casting news as well. And for Game of Thrones fans, this will mean something to you. Uh, actually, it's called Maisie Williams. Um, is going to have a guest role in the next series. Um, she's she's going to have a go. She's going to have a go. She'll have a go. Uh, apparently, she plays a character called Arya Stark, um, or Arya, I don't know how you pronounce it, Stark, in uh, Game of Thrones. I've never seen a single episode of it, so it means absolutely nothing to me, but it, it, apparently it's quite a big deal. No, neither have I. People no. would be surprised if they listened. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I haven't really got anything else to say on that, really. I've got no, no idea. I've got no idea who she is, <laughs> and I couldn't be bothered to look it up. Really, um, I, I, I must be Game of Thrones is one of those things I just haven't got time to sit down and and watch. You know, no. it's, it's, it's just about its fifth series, and I, don't, I just don't have time to play catch up on four series. I just, I just don't. One day I will. Maybe That's one day. Sick. Yeah, when I'm in my bath chair <laughs> yeah. with a great big ear trumpet. <laughs> I'll be glad of these things. I will be. I will be. I sit you down in a comfy chair in the home and say, there uh, you go. With my bowl of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually sounding quite good this time. Quite appealing, actually, actually, yeah. <laughs> the first time during this podcast that I've actually not look forward to being old. <laughs> oh, dear. And then, and then you wet yourself. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that was about five minutes ago. <laughs> So old age has nothing to do That's with it. You, you coughed a bit too hard, and that's oh. it. <laughs> now, um, yeah, moving on from that little bit of casting news. Now, something that's um, sort of come out as well while we've been away is uh, Doctor Who is going to be on BitTorrent, uh, but not in, in an illegal download capacity. This is uh, this is a legal. <laughs> well, I was going to say it, it's both. Is probably the... yeah, both. Yeah, um, apparently BBC Worldwide um, have are going to release this. Um, it's, it's a special 10-episode package, uh, which you can buy for $12 globally. Uh, now, it's got... As I said, no, actually, eight episodes, sorry to tell a lie. Uh, but I think it's also got a documentary in there as well, uh, which was about the recent world tour that Peter Capaldi and um, Jenna Coleman did. Yeah. Uh, to promote series uh, series eight. Now, apparently in this package, you've got Rose, The Empty Child of Doctor Dances, uh, The Girl in the Fireplace, Blink... Uh, the End of Time, Parts 1 and 2. It's going to be so well too. Go, it was, wasn't it? Uh, Vampires of Venice, The Doctor's Wife, The Rings of Akaten. Um, yes. Yeah, The Day of the Doctor, and Listen. Yeah. So it's a it's a mixed bag there, really, isn't it? There's a there's yes. a few classics in there, and then you've got End, end of Time, Parts 1 and 2. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, there you go. I think this is the way it's, it's going to be going now. I think it's been more and more online content, isn't there? It is, yeah. It's just... I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure who they're aiming this at. Well, I, I read something today that the BBC is looking at producing more um, sort of online streaming content uh, um, because they're worried about losing the youth audience. Yeah. No, I mean, I can you understand know. that. I just, I just, I just. Maybe I say it's... bollocks to them personally, but it's <laughs> <laughs> your jelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's just 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 in, when putting together stuff like this, I don't understand. You know, I can understand if they was gonna bet a bit torrent of the whole of series one, yeah, out where you <clears> might <throat> think, oh, I want series one on that, yeah. But sort of this sort of mix and match series of what, how are you gonna, 
you've either got some or you haven't. You, you know, it's just that sort of. Well, this I is, never understand. It's when no, they do. It, it, I mean, the, the hardcore Doctor Who fan is going to have these already. Yeah. And I suppose the only reason, I mean, if I was going to download it was to get that documentary. Yeah. But I'm not going to pay $12 just to get that. I'm not, I wait for that to be available on an illegal bit torrent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's you just, you just feel <clears throat> that, you know, you can understand them doing it if they was going to do Series 1 as it, Series 2 as it, Series 3, you know? Yeah. I could see it then, because people might say, oh, that, that, that's the way I want to buy my Doctor Who. Mm. But I'm not sure, you know, you wouldn't go out, I wouldn't go out and buy a DVD box set that had these episodes on. No. No, because if if it was um if it, if it was a DVD box set of these episodes, you'd be saying, "Well, who's that aimed at?" Well, exactly, because if you're going to do a box set, you pick sort of the classic episodes. You wouldn't pick the end end of time parts one and two. Yeah, for arguments, or the Rings of Akatum, for that so, matter, either. Yes. Or the Vampires of Venice. I don't mind Vampires of Venice, but it's not a classic, is it? No, but uh, but it's just just too random. It's very random. We're talking like the youth now, aren't we? It's like totally random. The youth of about 1992. Start getting into BitTorrent. So here we go. We're trying. We're trying our hardest. We are. We are. We're trying to connect with the youth out there, but um, it's not happening, is it? We just went ourselves again and asked for some more jelly. I'll spit all my soup down me now as well. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Now, um, has your daughter been yet? Have you come to drive me home? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, now, on to um, awards. Uh, now, Listen has been nominated for a, um, a Hugo Award. Um, it's in the Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form category. Um, it's up against um, the Flash um, pilot story, Game of Thrones, The Mountain and the Viper, uh, Grim, Once We Were Gods, and Orphan Black by means which have never yet been tried. Yes, anyone surprised you to know that I've not seen, seen any. any of those. No, um, <laughs> no, definitely not. <clears throat> uh, now, the winners will be announced on Saturday, August 22nd, uh, during the Hugo Awards ceremony at the 2015 WorldCon. Um, now, I've, I've been reading, not read, unread any of it really, but catching a few tweets, there seems to be a bit of controversy about the Hugo Awards this year. And mm-hmm. I can't, I've, so I'm, have you caught up in any of this at all? No. No? Oh, well, that's the end of that avenue then. <laughs> <laughs> I've been away, I've been in Scotland, I've had no internet connection most of the time. Ah, that's like all of Scotland then, really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to our Scottish listeners, and I know there are some out there. <laughs> oh, I wasn't being... Derogatory. I went. To, I went to get away from it all, and I managed it. <laughs> you did. You went to the Highlands, didn't you? Uh, no, actually, I you, but... you didn't. In the end, I thought you were going to the Highlands. No. no. What were you doing? Trampling mm. over the Trossocks. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> oh dear. Now, um, moving on to our last news item, and I think this is the one that's probably got the most people talking. Uh, Stephen Moffat has discussed in Doctor Who magazine. Um, that Doctor Who will be with us for the next five years minimum, mm. um, which is quite interesting. It seems to be it's sort of short-term, if you can call five years short-term future, has been assured. But after that, it's a little bit vague at the moment. Not, it's not to say it's going to be cancelled, which I think people have gotten a bit of a, a, bit of a panic over, and I sort of misread or 
I've seen it. I've seen this misquoted a few places as well. It's, it's only going to be on for another five years, and they miss yeah. out the word minimum five yeah. and another five years. Um, what would you think? Do you reckon that it will it will go on forever, or do you think give it another five years and then maybe they'll give it a rest, bring it back? Um, I suspect as long as it's making money for the BBC, they keep going and going and going. I mean, I don't can't see. I can't. I can't see him stopping doing it. But one, there's one interesting thing that um, Stephen Moffat did say. It's it's actually more difficult to keep finding actors to play the Doctor or the right actor to play the Doctor. I'm mm. not going to get into the whole, should he be a person of colour, uh, should he be a woman, you know, anything like that. I'm just going to say use the term actor. Um, yeah. Which I think he's right, really. You've got, mm. you've, you've, got to, no, you've got to bring that certain something to the role, haven't you? Yes, but I don't know. When if you take it that when Eccleston bought bought it back, no one knew who Matt Smith was. So five years time is not I don't know, I don't I don't mean that, that this this is the problem that, that, that everyone sort of um I think that the tabloids keep coming up with over and over again is the fact that every time the actor announces he's leaving the role, they put start putting odds on who's gonna take who's gonna take on the role and immediately it's always Someone who everybody knows, yeah. And Matt, if we didn't know, but that's the thing, it's finding the right actor. Yeah, no. But is saying that they can't. It's been more difficult to find that kind of that actor with that kind of quality that they're looking for. But that's in some ways. No, I I, I don't agree with that because because there's always going to be somebody. I mean, to say that, then you're saying basically, is acting going to survive for the next over the next five years? You know what I mean? It's it's mm. there's, there's always going to be somebody there. It's just finding them. Yeah, um, and that's what I was saying about Matt Smith. You know, sort of in two thousand and five, no one Matt Smith wasn't wasn't around. So to say that you know you could have said, oh, it's going to be difficult to find an actor in five years. Well, yes, at that stage it might well have been, but in five years' time, there suddenly he came along. Yeah, I mean, it also depends what which direction they want to take the show in, really, doesn't it? As yeah. well, I mean, you know, it's. But I, I, I mean, I, it, I, I don't know. in some ways, it's actually a unique part because you're not caught by age, height, looks. No, exactly. What anything, gender, color, whatever. Well, I, th- I think you now can go in any in direction, direction you want. want it's got, yeah. it's got to be the most flexible part on television to yeah, cast for. It has really. Yeah, it is now. Any anyway, now, they sort of established mm. that you know a, a time lord can be male or female. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean that's that's a whole nother a whole nother argument you could you know that people could you know dedicate an entire episode of this podcast to no doubt. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing that he came up with really. Um, but but this is Moffat talking. Who's to say that in five yeah. years' time, even after the end of series nine, he's still going to be the showrunner? And the fact in the fact in this that one of the quotes is Ben Stevenson um, saying. We plan to keep it regular in the schedules, and has now left the BBC. Yes, <laughs> we see. See, this this is the um, this is the the problem with the BBC because you will get individuals who will champion a particular show. Yeah, um, and once that person's gone, the whoever next person steps whoever steps in, oh, I don't like Doctor Who, or I don't like such and such program. There's always a new Michael Grade around exactly. the corner. Exactly. Well, do you know what I'm thinking of? Um, Mystery Science Theatre Three Thousand. 
Actually, yeah. you normally do, don't That's, you? I do normally think of that. But, <laughs> you, but, usually just before you go to bed. I do, yes. <laughs> I do usually watch episode of Mrs. MST3K before I go to bed, but... Um, that's what happened to them at the Sci-Fi Channel. When they left Comedy Central, they were picked up by, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was a fan of the show. So he picked it up, but unfortunately they, they put this whole thing, you must have a story arc to, to link all the episodes together. And they, <laughs> and they had, yeah, that's always been a good idea, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, but that's not what MST3K did. But anyway, he left and then the show got cancelled because the incoming yeah. person just thought, oh, well, it's, you know... It's not the direction, or not the sort of program we want on sci-fi anymore. So, um, and that was the end of that. So, again, it all comes down to the personality of the person who, who's commissioning at the time as well. I think. Yeah, and just how successful it is. I mean, it, it will yeah. always come down to how successful it. It will be. It will be. So, oh well, oh well. But, uh, but anyway, minimum five years. That's mm. plenty of time. Plenty of time. So I, I can't see it going anywhere soon. But. Um, but if it does finish, we can finish doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, that, that, yeah, that should take us, what, to our 500th episode. I think you should do by then. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, oh, folks. So that is it for the news. We've got no. I, we would like to have come back with some Tat Corner um, this week, but um, we couldn't find anything, could we? Couldn't find it, no. Couldn't find anything. It's probably the wrong time of year for uh, new Tat. And we we don't just we just don't bring tact for the sake of bringing tact. No, it's got to be pretty <laughs> special to to make it on this podcast. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> so anyway, folks, uh, that's in the news. So uh, coming up next is our review of the Tote novelisation of Five Doctors. So um, we shall speak to you in a moment. <laughs> Okay, everybody, it's time for another Target novelisation review. And as we've keep mentioned at the beginning of the show, we are doing The Five Doctors. And it's my turn to kick the proceedings off, isn't it? It is, as we, yeah, as we, as we try to backtrack and find out. Yes. It, <laughs> never let it be said we're not prepared. <laughs> yes. uh, right. Um, well, I, I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm a bit biased towards this story anyway, because I love The Five Doctors. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's... Um, Probably sort of like it's what I want out of a, a, a celebratory episode of Doctor Who, especially, especially yeah. back then. You know, it was you know it was uh, it was a big event for me back you know back in the day. And I've, I've read this this novelization, and I've got to be honest, it's the quickest I've ever read one of these books. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just went through it so quickly, and it's only about one hundred and forty-four pages or something, wasn't it? It's, it's, no, it's, well, it wasn't me Kindle anyway, but it's pretty short. Yeah, it's a very short book. Um, but I just rattled through it and really enjoyed it. To be honest, I was really surprised at this actually. Yeah, because I'm going to say something. I was surprised at how well this story stands up as a book. Yes, I wondered whether my sort of fonder memories for this is just nostalgia for seeing all the Doctors. Yeah, well, the majority of the Doctors. And you sort of wonder, without actually seeing them, and it's just in print, uh, was was it going to actually be as interesting to me? Mm. And was I going to enjoy it as much? And I think I did, actually. Yes. Yeah. It has to be said for what was a pretty difficult uh, job for Terence Dix. He got landed with it, didn't he, pretty much? Well, he did, because they rejected the original Robert Holmes script, the, yeah. six, the six Doctors, wasn't it? Yeah. 
Um, and he sort of was, was sort of parachuted in at the last moment, and, and didn't know whether he was writing for the fourth doc with the fourth Doctor in it or not. Exactly, exactly. To rewrite it, so it's actually come up with something that stands up in without the dewy-eyed nostalgia attached to it. It's, it. it's pretty good, I think. I think so. I think so. It's um, and there's some interesting little changes in and sort of additions. To, to the yeah. to the novelised version as well. Um, I think if you start off with the, uh, the the first Doctor. Now, unfortunately, um, I still because the Five Doctors, the TV version, it is so ingrained in my memory. When I'm reading the book, I'm not seeing William Hartnell. No, I'm still seeing Richard Herndall, um, which is not a bad thing because I still enjoy Richard Herndall's performance. He's he's not trying to. Um, copy Hartnell in any shape or form uh, and I found that the book is written not in the manner of Hartnell either no. if, if you see what I mean um, but what I did like, uh, because in the if, if you remember the TV version, you just see um, the first Doctor walking through uh, a garden now in the no- novelisation the Doctor's actually tending the roses because he knows he's about to regenerate and he just wanted a, a, a bit of peace and quiet and just to basically have a, a, a get away from it all before he actually faced up to what was going to happen. Yeah. Well, now where that fits into continuity, I, I don't know. I don't care. I just thought it was a nice little thing to do. It was, yeah. I, I don't. I, I, do, I mean, I can imagine Hartnell's Doctor doing that. If you know, what I mean, just having a bit of a you know, do, doing something like in your retirement. You know, how you, you expect something. You know, it's sort of like oh, when you retire, it's time for you. you I'm going to get out and tend the roses and. So, so you think he was sort of there, and then eventually uh, Ben and Polly come and grab him and take yeah. him off to the pole to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I just, I just like what they, what, what he did with that. I really do. Yeah, um, and obviously the, the, I mean the, I said the, the big change that the, the story begins off with. Obviously, you don't get the clip of Hartnell doing his "One day I'll come back" speech. No, um, it starts off with, you know, what you now know as a Barusa. Um, getting the game set up, the game of Rassilon set up, and it's sort of uh, then it then it's sort of that that's sort of like your um, your prologue, oh, isn't it? Yeah. Should you have said spoilers there? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not going to say for a, a bloody sort of thirty years old for Cross. <laughs> <laughs> We've already sort of also reviewed it as a commentary. Anyway, commentary so. as well, exactly, exactly. So, so it's not even new to us as a podcast. No. <laughs> but um, but one thing I, I did. One notice, notable thing I, f- I found about um, Hartnell's, or the, sorry, the first Doctor, I should say, in the book, is that he seemed to, Dick seemed to make his character a little bit softer towards Tegan than he was in the TV version. Yes. Yeah. Because there's that bit in the TARDIS where um, the first Doctor says, right, um, well, I'll have to go into the into the tower. And Tegan says, well, I'll come with you. And in the TV version, he says, oh, well, if you must... It's all yeah. very sort of sneers and sort of sort of disappointment that you know um, that she's going to go with him. But in the book, he he smiles at her and says, "Oh, oh, oh thank you." Yeah, you know, he's glad of the company. He's glad that she's volunteered to come with him. Um, and she's I, shown the spirit. The spirit, exactly. And I I like that. I thought it was, it was. And again, I can imagine Hartnell's Doctor doing that as well. Yeah. Now, whether that was something that was in the original script and. They said, "Oh well, no, 
they sort of misremembered Hartnell because there wasn't a lot of Hartnell stuff about then, was there? To sort of no. to rewatch. So maybe that that was a last minute change or something. I don't. Know. Or it was something that Dix felt he had to put right in the book. Yeah, although the book came out apparently came out before. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the date was twenty fourth of November, nineteen eighty three. Yeah. I can't remember when was the televised date. It was one day before, actually. Yeah, it's the twenty fifth, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it makes it, it does it, make you. Well, 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 okay. So, well, when, I mean, yeah, when it was obviously filmed, he'd I have know. seen. Obviously, yeah. he'd have seen it. At that, yeah. At what stage he would have gone back and made corrections, either to the book having seen edited versions or whatever. I don't know. No, I don't. I'm just trying to quickly scan to see when it was actually filmed, um, but I can't actually see anything here, actually. No, I can't see what I... Not without reading through absolutely bloody everything. But, uh, <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the second Doctor and the third Doctor were pretty much as you see on the, on the screen, weren't they? There was nothing really different. Not particularly, no. Uh, but the one thing that, that he did put right, um, which was the teeth and curls line. Yeah, well, what, what you actually suspect is how it was written. It's not how he put it right. Oh no, it's what, it. What it's is, how how John Pertwee. Yes, he pinched it. it. He, yes, yes. No, he pinched it, didn't he? Because if, yeah. if have you read Liz Sladen's autobiography? Yeah. Because she said, you know, um, he he liked the line, so he pinched it from her, and it made no, it does make no sense at all. How would he no. know? He hasn't yeah. regenerated at that uh, point in his in his timeline. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's the right version of events, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's put in the extra bit that she says you became all teeth and curls, and he said he shuddered. Yeah, visibly appalled by the prospect. Teeth and curls? Well, maybe I did, but yeah. I haven't yet. Yeah, which I think is better. Is yeah, that, is actually, that, yeah, it's much better. You you imagine the third would shudder. The third Doctor would be visibly appalled to know that you know, um, that the, he's turned from a suave dandy into what he probably envisioned as having big teeth and curly hair. So. Yeah, sort of grinning lunatic. Yeah. Now the other thing, obviously, that um, now when obviously because we're doing this, we always talk about the the the, the DVD and the, the novelisation as well here. Which version of the DVD did you watch? Did you watch the original or the special edition? I watched the original. Same here. Um, same here, because I thought that would be closer to the book. Mm. Um, but apparently the novelisation um, features... Now, it's, it's, it says on Wikipedia that it features numerous deleted scenes that subsequently turned up on the special edition of the story. Mm. I can't remember there being that many scenes that I didn't recognise in the book. No. If I'm perfectly honest, the major major scenes different to the book would be you actually get Susan being scooped. Ah, yeah. Now that that was the good thing I liked about so it. It actually referenced her. Uh, she's not Susan Foreman. She's Susan Campbell. Yeah. She married David. And um, where the where the Earth is going and yeah. whatever. And I thought that was that was good as well. Put it put it into context as to where well, what point she'd come. Yeah, and I like that. I just like that that it, it was all, you know, it actually sort of referenced sort of like what had happened to her after the Doctor left her. Yeah. On Earth and how they tried to rebuild, and I I, I thought that was great. And, I, and actually, I, I I don't know. Has there ever been a book about 
Susan Foreman at all or anything? Um, I'm not sure because I've never really. No, read the... no, I'm just not conscious of anything being written or anyone even mentioning it. To be honest, really don't know. Really don't know. But it, it did make more sense because in the TV, she so she she just turns up in the uh, with a Dalek, doesn't she? Yeah. So, Which I suspect is done for dramatic effect in the fact that you just see her shadow first. But even though I, I mean, I think even back then, um, sort of back in nineteen eighty three, I knew exactly who that shadow belonged to. Yeah, because her, her profile is just so um, recognisable. I think. Yeah, you know, it, it was. Um, so it didn't really come to any surprise to me. I, I, I couldn't make what a snob. Um, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, but I, I just like the fact that she was given some backstory, and and I think she was, I think she was better written in the novelisation because she was a bit of a damp squib in the in the, the TV, wasn't she? It's sort of the TV version. I also mean, in the book you don't get her looking longingly at the Fifth Doctor. Either, no, that, that is, which is that... always slightly off-putting. In the <laughs> that is really peculiar, isn't it? That is really, yeah. really, really peculiar. Um, but it was also about the. Um, but when you eventually get to the, the the fifth doctor as well, um, and they're on the uh, the was it the Eye of Orion, um, and I, I do you know it, it, even in the book they still made it sound like they were it was the location was some sort of national trust <laughs> <laughs> place where but it, okay he tried to do a bit more about the, the you know the sky and and you know the you know and everything like that but um, it's still sort of like yes it was a medieval ruins they were at and sort of like it sounds like a national trust place they've decided to pop off at on the way <laughs> 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 paid £2.50 to get in yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have a scone <laughs> uh, yes exactly a nice scone and a, cup, and a pot of tea <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing um, to explain the new um, TARDIS console was the fact that Dot's been meaning to, to to repair it after all the damage caused by the Cybermen, mm. which I'm assuming was from um, Earthshock. So yeah. again, it, it was something you didn't have to include, but it was it it was something that just made sense. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 was, I was sort of particularly sort of quite pleased. He sort of put I, I know simple things please simple minds, but uh, I was just quite pleased he, he, he sort of popped that little thing in there. Um, but with the fourth Doctor, I was a little bit disappointed about that because I thought he would have sort of padded that out a little bit more. A bit. Free. I wonder whether there's something to do with the fact of how much, because he's quoting lines written by somebody else, mm, Yeah. how much he's allowed to change it before without permission. Well, I think he didn't have to, did he? Because that was obviously the only, that was the only clip they could show. Yeah. Because Charlotte had never been seen on TV at that point. No. So to you know, to us at the time, you did, you it, it, it seems to be new content, didn't it? You know. Yeah. But basically, you did get it's word for word, scene for scene, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Yeah. And you wonder, well, oh, you wonder, just wonder, just basically, because he had no control over that, so didn't really feel inclined to do anything with it in the book either. No. No, definitely not. It that 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 was a, such another bit that's been thrust upon him through no fault of his own, and no. probably late in the day. Very but late in the day, I would have thought. Yeah, he's just decided. Yeah, you can just have that word for word. I'm not actually even going to try and work out what the fourth Doctor would be doing and saying now. Yeah. Now, um, 
it, 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 I mean, it's a shame it just sort of he, he wasn't able to expand it a little bit more because it would it, it really would have been the five doctors, you know. Um, yeah. But um, but as you say, he, he was probably just stuck with you know with with the hand he was dealt at the time. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if there's anything else that um was that radically different really they, they did sort of play down the uh, the club tropicana look at the tardis when they, <laughs> so, <laughs> when, just, when they, just a, they just had a drink didn't they whereas a poster that i got the cocktail was out the pi- yeah. half a pineapple was got out <laughs> with well, other things the as bendy well straws. the bendy straws <laughs> and, and another thing that was cut as well was uh no not the mind probe the probe yes it was just, it was just no, wasn't yeah. it? Um, which you, you kind of think, why didn't they just do that when they filmed it? Yeah. Why did they try different variations on no, not the mind probe? He <laughs> just get the castle and shouted no, but the protest was quelled and the guards dragged him roughly away. Yes. <laughs> which just works better, really. It does. It works so much better, but oh, that's, that, that obviously sounds like that's you know. So the two or three takes into it, someone's turned around and goes, how about if I do it like this? <laughs> <laughs> no, not in the mind. I just feel so sorry for Paul Jericho. I've been lumbered with that line. I don't, I don't think anybody can make that line work. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> the only question that you feel sorry for him is, who suggested it? Was it him? Was it the director? <laughs> or was it written for him? Oh, God. I, I just feel so sorry for him. I really do. It's one of the most cringeworthy deliveries of a line ever in Doctor Who, but it's sort of gone down in legend now, isn't it? So it was always, I was almost... I suppose that is one, one of those things where at least you're remembered for it. Wait, <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> now, there's another thing as well. Um, I thought The Master was quite well written as well. This is what I was... This, is, this was actually going to be my, my next point. All right, go on. It's the fact that, you know, sort of... What you can do with books that you don't get on screen or is not easy to do on screen without breaking up the thing yeah. is you can get the little internal monologue going of characters. Yes. And particularly fine with the master when they're pr- putting the proposal to him. Mm. And, it, you know, you've sort of got the... Barossa spoke completing the master's faults. Regeneration, a whole new life cycle. It was all the master could do not to show his excitement. You know, it's that sort of stuff there where you just sort of get the the odd smile playing across the master's face on TV, which doesn't really yeah, it doesn't doesn't really it. doesn't sort of come across as such, does it? It's yeah, a, it's a shame because I think it's probably one of Auntie Ainley's better performances. As it the is, master. it is. I mean, yeah, I, and that I, is well, you, it's actually the character that. I think gets he he wants out of this. Yeah, he wanted. I, I know he didn't want to play the master in that pantomime way that he, he did, because that was yeah. sort of forced upon him by John Nathan Turner. And everyone says that um, survival was the closest that he got to playing it how he wanted to, um, which is, which is, I think, spot on. But I think in this, he, he's not, he's not doing a lot of the, the you know, the, the cackling laugh and, um, and, and sneering and, and getting sort of, you know, Silly lines and, and, and the, the silly fact, disguises, and because because he's such a minor character to a certain extent in this, he's probably allowed to just go off and do to, to underplay it. He's because he's not having to hold scenes because no. he's, it's not the Doctor against the Master. It's no, that's right. It, it was one of those things where it was let let's have all the. It's like the Doctor's greatest hits, villain wise, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and companion wise. 
So you had to have the master in there, especially because he was basically in every other episode, story, I should say, yeah. uh, during Peter Davison's time. So it, it was pretty much a given he was there. But it, as you say, he wasn't the main villain, was he? No. Which you know, he didn't have to carry anything. So I, th- you know, I, think, it, I think it works. Um, but another thing I think which come across really well in the in the novel and in the original televised version as well, is the time scoop effect. Because in the book, obviously, he writes it as the effect would have been back then, which is just it's like it's black. He calls it a monolith, doesn't he? I think yeah. in the book. And in the, I think in the, t- in the TV show, it's more like a triangle. But he says, as it sort of scoops them up, you see like the... the each time he said that it was the Doctor, whenever it was with him, screaming inside. And that's what you got in the original version. Because when it sort of scooped them up, you each... Person that was scooped, there was there was sort of you could see their them trapped and they were screaming, yeah, or, or fro- in a frozen scream position. But when they did the special edition version and they turned it into that funny whirlwind thing, that was lost, yeah. And I actually prefer the original effect, and I think it comes across well in the book because well, it sounds threatening, it sounds ominous. Yeah, it is a bit Superman too, though, isn't it? it oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. But um, obviously they, they couldn't afford to have them actually moving inside the uh, no. <laughs> the scoop. But um, but I think I actually think it's, it, it works better in the original version, and it works really well in the book because mm. it, it does just sound ominous. This this black shape just sort of trying to sort of catch you. Um, I also think that um, I mean they also make the, uh, the the third Doctor's escape from the time scoop or his, his initial escape a bit more dramatic. He does he sort of does that yeah. handbrake turn in Bessie. Um, but in the, in the televised version, it's it's literally he tries to sort of like do a three point turn, doesn't he? So and, <laughs> how and, much was, he had to be careful about how how much that car was insured. For. Well, exactly. Um, well, it wasn't the original Bessie in that, was it? Because the no. the bonnet was slightly longer. So I think the original one had been damaged in a crash or something, so that had been yeah. been rebuilt. Um, and of course, the other thing that that's um, put right in the book is um, Sarah falling down the um, down the cliff. The hillock. Or the hillock, <laughs> yes. Tripping over that molehill. Falling <laughs> <coughs> yeah. down that molehill. Really. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, it was... Um, yes, the, the book does put that right. Yeah. yeah she Which you suspect was what it was meant to be, and just they just got there and someone said, no, no, it's a bit dangerous, can't do that. Well, sure, they, they could have just sort of changed the camera angle or... or yeah. Something to make it look like she was like a hundred foot down. I don't, I don't know. Or just not show it from the angles they did show it. Yeah. 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 It was just a bizarre choice of uh, camera shot. It really was to, mm. to to get that effect across. It really was. But oh dear. Uh, so that, other other bits. Yeah. Other bits. The a little, little bits. The in the book when the first Doctor and Tegan get to the main door of the. Tower. Yes, yes. It is a bell they ring to open the door. Yes. And not some silly electronic thing that looks rather odd. Yeah, I... I, I and it, look, it just sounds better in the book than it, it did look on screen. You can imagine think, sort of like the big bell tolling to open... Yeah. yeah you know, it, it, it would have been so much sense. more dramatic rather than, oh, now what do we do? I just flick this back and press a button. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we are. There we're in. Yeah. We're in. Yeah, and the door opens. Whereas you 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 get this feeling, yeah, that this big loud clanging bell, and suddenly the door slowly creaks open. Again, it sounds more ominous, doesn't it? Yeah, a lot more ominous, and which is how it should be. 
Yeah. Which is how, you know, you sort of, you're in you're, you're in a, a, a place on Gallifrey called the death zone, for Christ's sake. So. Yeah. I mean, that's actually probably what lets this story down mm. the most, actually, is there's not a huge amount of peril. No. No, there isn't. There you, isn't. Get, you get the, the, the little bit with the Yeti, a little bit with the Cybermen. Yep. And the checkerboard uh, trap. And, yeah. And and the phantoms of the previous companions, and that's which that, aren't really doing much at all. Oh, I forgot about the Raston Warrior robot. Yeah. Um, which again wasn't again wasn't too dissimilar to what you saw on the television. Although um, you do get the the he the, the third Doctor managed to speak without it moving a muscle on his face. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When, when, what bit was that? Was it trying to tell Sarah to freeze? Wasn't it? Or, yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, it doesn't his lips don't move and all that sort of stuff, which obviously John Pertwee couldn't do. No, obviously not. <laughs> I wonder if they felt about actually just filming it with him with his mouth shut and then dubbing over. Dubbing his over, voice. yeah, possibly, possibly. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, but the the one thing is that once they get past the the, the Rastamoya robot and they they're going up, sort of like to to get to the top of the mountain to sort of do that death slide down onto the top of the yeah. tower. Um, it's a lot more dramatic because all the way that they're going up, they've got that damaged Cyberman chasing, chasing them. them. Yeah. Um, but in the TV version, it's just sort of Sarah sort of gets across or, or is about to go across, and this Cyberman appears out of nowhere and flops on the and stomach. Flops. Exactly. <laughs> he literally just flop over, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but in the book, he's he sort of there's a lot more tension yeah. to that, and he's sort of he's sort of reaching for the for the the rope that's tied on the rock as, as Sarah's about to to launch off, and he. he he hasn't yeah. quite got the strength to to pull it. Then he, you know, then he explodes. Then he flops over. Flops over. Yeah, it's done a lot. It's done a lot yeah. better. It well, really you've got the doctor better. telling, saying to Sarah to hold him off while he's. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's like how? Yeah. What with? Yeah. But what I, what I did like though, because obviously in the TV version, it's um, he picks up all those spears and, and the and the uh, the steel rope. Um, which is the uh, which basically the Raston Warrior robots ammunition, as as it's explained in the book. Yeah, um, which kind of sort of takes away the the mythos of, of the Raston Warrior robot. Really, it seems like he's got his camping gear in the mouth of the cave, doesn't he? So. <laughs> it does look like he's got. Camping. I mean, I'm not quite sure as 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 to, as to what he uses, how he conceals that rope, and what he uses that for as a wet. It's a lasso. What is it? <laughs> Wild rest, wild rest. Oh, wild West rustling, <laughs> rat, rat cattle rustler, or something, or is he just into... rest on rope? <laughs> oh God, that's a tongue twister for you. Oh dear, it's either that or bondage, one of the two. But... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. Well, it was in that rubber suit after all. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was in, yeah. How many shades of grey was it? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of warrior gimp. <laughs> Um, but you, you you mentioned the um, the uh, chessboard trap. Yes. Now, <laughs> what I liked about the book, he tried to sort of exp- he it's almost like he had a half-hearted attempt, Terence Dix, to try and and explain how um, the pi um, mathematical <laughs> equation it, where it sort of fitted into how it, it, the the doctor or whoever it was would, would get across the board. 
Yeah. But he seemed to give up halfway through, didn't he? <laughs> he, did. he got halfway through and then the lasers zipped him. <laughs> <laughs> he was, because he did go into quite a convoluted mathematical explanation, which is sort of the, doc- the first Doctor's thought process. And then he sort of like, then he just sort of the Doctor just, he got off of it, oh, I've got it. And that was it. It's sort of like Terence Dix backed himself into a corner and thought, if anyone pays this any close scrutiny, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> I've come up with a good double line on pie and pie. And, <laughs> and now, actually, I don't think it actually fits, but I'm going to still use it. <laughs> I did like in the book about saying about how they noticed that the master wasn't quite going in a straight line. Yeah. As opposed to in the TV series where he basically just plays hopscotch, yeah. <laughs> well, well, for the first time he goes across, he does basically just stroll across in a straight line, doesn't he? Yep, he does. <laughs> he, he then plays hopscotch coming back. Yeah. And then the next time it seems to be, I'm just jumping over the corpses of Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, dear, but... Um... Yeah, I, I did like the fact he, he did try to explain it, then sort of gave up halfway through. But... Yeah. Um, but another interesting sort of omission um, from this is at the end when all the doctors are saying goodbye to one another. Um, is that when the second doctor turns around to the third doctor and says, calls him fancy pants, there is no response from the third doctor in the book. No, but obviously, in the, in the TV version, he calls him scarecrow, which again, I think, is another a Pertwee-ism, isn't it? Yeah, he, he, he obviously had to have the last line, yeah, on that, had to, as, as his Pertwee's want. To be honest, but um, but what, another thing I like what he did as well. He he didn't what happened in the um, the televised version is all once all the doctors met up, all the companions were pushed to one side, weren't they? Yeah. Um, but he does try to give them more dialogue. Well, I mean, the, the good he? thing the good thing in the book is that Sarah is sad that the fourth Doctor isn't there. Yeah, which would be totally right. It would be for her not for her to be worried about where he is and miss him not being there and whatever. Because yeah. it does touch on the fact that she because he never came back for her. No, and it does touch on that slightly, doesn't it? Yeah, that of all the doctors she'd want to see, he'd be the one. Yeah. So you know, you almost feel like you know it may well have been worthwhile to this. This whole thing may well have been worthwhile to her had she had a chance to see him and try to. See where what what had happened and why mm. she was yeah why why he never um, came back and yeah yeah okay I know they sort of picked up on that in school reunion many many years later but uh, yeah but I just thought it it, it was a, a good thing to put in the book at that time yeah because even then they never really touched on the fact that you know when the doctor left someone behind that was it it was it was done but obviously when you you introduced a um, a character like Sarah Jane who at the time was the longest serving companion. Yeah. To the doctor, it made sense for her to sort of like be a bit more wistful. Yeah, and maybe you can understand it just being happy to see the third doctor. Yeah, because if, if the fourth doctor were there, she she would have been yeah. beside herself, wouldn't she? You yeah. could sort of get that get that sort of feeling from it. Yeah, that just it wasn't at all touched on in the program in the actual TV. No, thing. no, and it's, it's, I mean, it is only a small bit in the book. To be honest, it's only a couple of lines in the it book, is, isn't yeah. it? But it's enough. Yeah, it's enough that um, that the target books, I, th- I mean, they are very, very sort of like quick. They're not novels; they're novellas, aren't they? Yeah. Really, um, 
and they do, especially someone like Terence Dix, he does try to put a bit more to the story that obviously they, they couldn't put into into the the TV version either for time constraints or budget constraints or whatever. Um, he just tries to give you a little bit more of a flavour, doesn't he? He too? does. He does, and that's why I, I love reading his his Target novels. Yes, yeah. I really do. Um, so, and this one, this one didn't disappoint me to be honest. It, I, mean, right. I, I, I mean, I really did whiz through this book, and I think it's because I just enjoy the story anyway. Mm. I really do. Just, in, just love this story, and I, I mean, I would recommend this book to people. One mistake in the book. Oh, go on, go on. I didn't pick up on this. Oh, if if not, it's it may only just be in my version of the book. All right, all right. Go on. Um, and I don't know whether it is just my version of the book or whether it was something that went through and in every version or mm. whatever. It's when the second Doctor and the Brigadier meet Zoe and Jamie. Yeah. You get, it's Zoe, said the Doctor. Zoe and Jamie. Both had been the third Doctor's companions. Oh. And he's travelled for many years. Stay back, Doctor, shouted Jamie. Yeah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I must have missed that because obviously what you're reading is what I've got as well. So I gave you the, the file, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So it must be my copies. Do you know what? I didn't pick up on that, which is unlike me, let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> so as you pick up on mistakes. Uh, no, I, I didn't pick on that at all. Didn't pick up on that whatsoever. And I have to say, I mean, you know, it's the only time it happened. And perhaps I was thinking to myself, I wonder if there's any point at which it, it's going to be hard writing a story where you've got five different characters and they're all called the Doctor. Yeah. You've got to then... How many times do you have to say the first Doctor, second Doctor, third Doctor, whatever? Well, do you know what? He, he didn't really have to do that, did he? No. I mean, it, it did really work well. I and mean, it just goes back to actually as a, as a good idea for the story was the fact that you establish who the companion is to each Doctor quite early. Yeah. And then all you've got to do is people can work out which doctor you're talking about by who's they're talking to. Mm. Um, and the, the only odd one would have been to, that you had to then change the Tegan to the first doctor. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I, I thought it, he, he wrote that brilliantly. You, you didn't have to think, OK, which doctor is this person with? Um... And it jumps about quite a lot, but without feeling that it jumps about quite a lot. You know yeah, what I mean? You, yeah. you, you, when you're, you're jumping, you, you tend to get a page on one doctor and then you're off with another doctor. It's and, well, it is really just and it's like still, the televised version, yeah, isn't it? And it still really? runs quite well. And you yeah. don't feel that, you know, you don't find yourself thinking, hey, a minute, which Doctor are we talking about at all in this? No, not not at all. I didn't feel that at all all the time I was no. reading it. I really didn't. Um, actually, do you know what? I think I read this in a day, on and off, during the course of a day. I just, I just got through this so quickly. And I'm just sort of, do you know, I'd, I'd, I'd quite happily read this again. To be honest, I think there's just so much to enjoy in it. You know, all the all the thing, little things we've said. Um, you don't get confused about who the doctors, which doctor is, is which. Terence Sticks puts a little bit more backstory to a, to a few scenes, yeah. or, or pads a few more scenes out. You get um, the emotional bit behind some yeah, of the lines. Yeah, um, I, I think it's great. I think it's a great book. Um, yeah, I'd certainly recommend it. Would you, Paul? I would do, yeah. I was surprised. I, I, I was, I was slightly worried that the book was just going to be a by the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Was was actually going to actually let down the well, considering how quickly, TV as, as you say, it was released a day before the televised version in nineteen eighty three, and you think it would be a bit of a quick cash in, like um, Destiny of the Daleks. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, that was his worst one yet because he wasn't given any time to write that. But I suppose that, okay, in this case, he wrote the script for the TV show. He also wrote the Target novel. So he had a bit more of an insight. One was being written. Yeah. That was being written side by side. Yeah. Interesting, actually, what did come first? Did he write the The book book first? And adapt it. Yeah. I don't know. it, it It does suggest that there's a bit more of a story to this than perhaps you tend to. A, believe if you read reviews of The Five Doctors. Yes. And B, yeah. sometimes you, you tend to think to yourself afterwards, in the nostalgia of it, was was that just nostalgia? But no, I, I think it does stand up. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Okay, shall we leave that there? Yeah, I think so. That's another positive podcast, Paul. It is. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? Right, okay. So, uh, next week, then, we are back to our Series 2 retrospective. Yeah, it feels ages since we last did that. Um, it has been ages. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been yeah, it has been yeah. It I has suppose. been a long time. It's been a long time. So uh, we are up to uh, Rise of the Cybermen. Yes. Hmm. Another positive podcast coming up. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Or is yes. it? Um, I haven't watched this in a long time. I haven't actually. So I've uh, so. I've, I've got no sort of uh, sort of preconceptions on this one because I can't remember much about it. No. If I'm perfectly honest. So, uh, oh, well, that's something to look forward to then, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he says. Okay, then, folks. So, um, until next week, then, it is goodbye from me, Phil. And goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He podcast Facebook group. The Who's He podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Who's he?